Good morning. What a blessed time to be together so far this morning. Uh, so church, we are running a little bit behind. Just so you know. Okay, that's all. Now, if you know me, I'm really known to go short on things. So I'm sure we'll be out of here early, right? No. Uh, but if you need to do a little jiggle, all right, as, as we will be a little bit longer this morning. But what a, what a good reason as we consider and just give praise to God for what he's doing. Just in the midst of the church, through in the midst of the Campbells, uh, he, is at mis- he is on mission. God is on his mission. And we see it happening through in, throughout Mercy Hill. Uh, and so what a joy that is. Uh, so this morning as we uh, open up Matthew 13, we actually approach uh, the third discourse that Jesus teaches in Matthew. The first discourse was the Sermon on the Mount. The second discourse that Jesus taught was on mission. The third discourse that we start today is his parables. So the parables that Jesus taught, we have the opportunity to approach the very first one this morning. Now last week I was reading about this little kindergarten teacher. She had 31 students. Bless her soul. 31 students. And it was on this winter day that it was snowing and the children had snow boots. And at the end of the day, her being exhausted, she went to go put in all, put on all the children's boots. And on the 31st student, she was tying the boots. And the little boy said, these aren't my boots. <laughs> the teacher, frustrated, ripped off the boots, thinking she was going to have to reboot everybody. And the little boy looks at her and says, they're my sister's boots. My mom let me borrow them. The little story begs this question. How do we listen? How do we listen? You know, listening is this reality that we are to seek to understand what the person is saying. And so often... So often we don't listen well. The passage that we come to this morning in Matthew 13 is is about listening. Jesus instructs on how to listen well. And he also and he also shows what bad listening looks like. And so we have the opportunity to study and to see in Matthew 13 the parable of the sower. And how the parable of the sower is not a parable about the sower. It's actually a parable about listening and the soils, which is our hearts. And so the point that I believe that Jesus has for us this morning, as we study and read God's Word together, is to see that growth in Christ requires listening to Christ. Growth in Christ requires listening to Christ. And if you're honest, you're probably not the best listener in the world. (laughs) Raise your hand if you are. Raise your hand if you have no idea what I just said because you weren't listening. (laughs) 
Okay. So, this morning as we read Matthew 13, we're going to read verse 1 through 23. And there's really two points that we're going to consider together this morning. And the first is hyper-dependent listening. Hyper-dependent listening. And the second is the condition of your heart. Let us look at God's Word in Matthew 13 together. We will read verse 1 through 17 together. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him. So he got into the boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and he sowed. Some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, Well, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they have barely heard, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn and I would heal them. Blessed be your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. As we approach the beginning of this scene, we see that Jesus left the house, and he went and sat on the beach. And crowds of people came to the beach to listen, so many that he had to get on a boat and go out into the water a little bit because, well, the voice travels along water better than it does land. And he needed to be able to project so the crowd could hear him. And he addressed them, this large crowd, in a parable. Now, something just to be aware of is this is actually a shift in the way Jesus taught crowds that we are beginning to see. For the last two years, Jesus has been preaching and teaching in more of a proclamation way, pointing to truth. Think Sermon on the Mount. 
And here we see a sermon about a parable, a riddle. And from here on out, Jesus, when he teaches the crowds, he will only teach them in parables. His disciples recognized that this was strange. So we see in verse 10, verse 10, the disciples come up to Jesus and say, why do you speak to them in parables? I mean, right, good teachers, good teachers actually try to teach to make things easy. Right? Like, we want to help you understand things. But what, what, why parables? And Jesus' answer is actually very surprising. He does not answer the disciples by saying, I just want to make things easier for everyone to understand. He actually says in verse 11, look. He says, to you it has been given to know the secrets of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Verse 13. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear nor understand. There are two purposes that Jesus is speaking in the parable. One is to reveal the secrets of heaven to those who listen. And the second is to conceal the secrets of heaven to those who do not listen. The purpose of parables is twofold. To reveal to those who listen and to hide and to conceal to those who do not listen. So, church, which camp do you fall into this morning? Put yourself in this scene real fast. So I think we can kind of think, wait a minute, why would he conceal? Right? Kind of a natural question. But put yourself in this scene. There's a large crowd. And in this crowd, you most likely have a diverse crowd. You have those who love Jesus, believe he's the Son of God, have been healed, come to listen. You probably have those who are suspicious or just interested. I'm not sure if I really believe this guy or not, but I want to come and listen. And we know that we have those in the crowd that hate him. And so we see Jesus taking this opportunity. He has this crowd with many people. This is a ministry opportunity, right? What does he do? He tells a story about farming. And he has this crowd and he says, there was a sower. The sower sowed seeds. And some of these seeds fell on hard ground. So hard that birds just came and ate the seed and flew away. And then some seeds fell in rocky ground. And the root didn't grow very deep and so when the sun came out, the root tried to go get more water but it kind of hit more rock, and so it just died. And then some seed rolled over into the thorns. And it started growing, but the thorns choked it. Some seed fell on good soil, and it grew, and it produced fruit. If you have ears, let him hear. What are you thinking at this time? Okay. Uh, the master teacher talking about farming. 
I know what he just said. Uh, think of the different responses. Think of the follower of Christ. How are they hearing this? Well, they're probably leaning forward and saying, what? <laughs> okay, so Jesus has had this story. Is it about the sower? Is it the seeds? Is it both? Is it the soul? What, what, is, what is Jesus' point? You probably have the suspicious, thinking, do I really believe this guy? Do, do I really think he's teaching good stuff? <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. Then you have, like, the groupies. What I mean by that is the ones who love the social atmosphere. Oh, big crowd, party time, let's go, we can talk, I can see some friends. The moment that Jesus tells this story, they bail. They're like, whoa, that is way too deep. If I gotta think, this ain't fun anymore. Then you have those who hated him. They heard that story. And they looked around and said, are you kidding me? This guy is a fool. He's a fool. Why do these people believe this guy? What an idiot. One story, different responses. To the believer, church, parables serve as a tool to help them understand the kingdom of God. But to the resistant, parables serve as a judgment. Because they don't listen. And the Lord hides the truth. So, church, do you desire to know Jesus? Do you desire to know Jesus and the secrets of heaven? Do you? Secrets of the heaven meaning the truths of salvation and the truths of hope. Do you desire? Well, Jesus says if you have ears, then listen. And Jesus then quotes Isaiah 6 to reinforce what it means to listen. What does it mean to listen? Verse 14. He says, It is said that there will be people who will hear Jesus, but never understand. There, they will see Him, but not realize who it is. And their hearts will grow dull and uninterested in Him. Verse 15. Unless. If you circle things in your Bible, you circle that last. Unless. They should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn. God would then heal. So church, to hear the Lord, we must listen. And he shows us four principles of what godly listening is. How, how do you listen? How do you listen to the Lord? Well, he is helping us here. He is helping you to know how to listen. And the first point in listening faithfully is to listen with your eyes. To listen with your eyes. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You know, when you look at somebody in their eyes, when they're talking, it is a form of respect, is it not? You respect them when you look in their eyes, but it also helps you Stay focused on what they are saying. Have you ever talked to somebody and as you were talking, they kind of just kept looking around? 
kind of obvious. I don't think they're really interested in what I'm saying. Right? Focusing with our eyes helps us fix our attention and focus on Jesus. That reminds you of Hebrews 12 too. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. But the eyes of our mind when we listen to the very words that Jesus says, we focus our, the eyes of our mind on Jesus. And church, here's the reality. The enemy and our natural condition are distracted. We, we want to look everywhere else. I woke up this morning. I was praying for you. I was praying for this morning. And I was focused. My attention was on Christ as I was praying. And my phone had a notification. And what did I do? Oh! I scrolled. Like, what am I doing? Like, so many distractions can take my focus off of Jesus, and a part of listening is listening with our eyes. We give him our focus. But he also says that we listen with our ears. We tune in. We tune in to what he is saying. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I am actually prone to hear sometimes what I want to hear. Especially with music. Like, I won't say names of songs, but there are songs that are so cool. I, I'm sitting there, I'm listening to it. It's so jivey. You know, I feel relaxed as I listen to it. And then I realize what it says. And it's just like raunchy. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I like this song? Well, because I'm listening to what I want to hear. I'm not listening to the words. I just kind of like the feel of it, the jive of it. We can often hear what we want to hear. And what Jesus is saying here is we are to hear what he wants us to hear by giving our attention to what Jesus says. So we listen with our eyes. We listen with our ears. Psalms 2, I'm sorry, Proverbs 2, 2 says, make your ears attentive to wisdom. And we also see that we listen with our hearts. We listen with our hearts. We seek to understand with our heart what is being said. He is stating a riddle. Riddles, by nature, take effort to identify what they mean. Does it not? Now, the super geniuses out there will say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what that means. But most riddles, it, it is intended to make you think and to pause and to consider what it means. What is the answer? And Jesus is saying, listen with your eyes, listen with your ears, and listen with your heart. Because in listening with your heart, you seek to understand. Proverbs 2.2, 2, what I just read, it says, Make your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. So as we approach God's Word in the morning, how do you listen? When you come to church, how do you listen? When the gospel is being proclaimed to you, how do you listen? Well, he is instructing us, may we listen with our eyes and our ears and our hearts. 
And then one last way to listen, he says. What does he say in verse 15? See with your eyes and your ear, with their ears, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and turn. Obedience. Godly listening is to obey. The Greek word for hear is akouo. You can kind of like hear the acoustics, right? Akouo. It's a hear. The Greek word for obedience is hypokouo. Hypo meaning hyper. Hyper hearing. Obedience is, is a leaning in to hear, truly hear what Jesus has said and then it makes me do. So what Christ is calling us to here is he speaks parables to ensure that we listen. And we listen with all of our being. So church, how do you listen? We are called to listen with our ears or our eyes in the way we focus. We're called to listen with our ears in the way that we bring attentiveness. We listen with our hearts in the way that we consider God's Word. And we listen with obedience. So if you're ever wondering how to listen, just consider those four points. As you're teaching your children to listen, teach them these four points. May we listen how God intends us to listen. And church, before we look at this last point, just notice, listening is your responsibility. Okay? Right? Would you agree with that statement? Listening is your responsibility. And it is only God, and it is God's responsibility to help us understand. We must listen and seek as it is hidden treasure, knock and ask for understanding, but it is only God who will give the understanding. And just look at verse 11 one more time. As he asks, why do you seek in parables? He says, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. We do our part with listening, and God has to do his part by giving the understanding. By taking the scales off of the eyes, by allowing our ears to hear, by allowing the hardness of our heart to be soft, to actually understand, and the strength to obey. We do our part, and we dependently trust God to do His. That is faithfulness. Growing in Christ requires dependently listening. Now, here's the truth. Not everybody listens. Would you agree with that statement? Not everybody listens this way. Why? Why doesn't everybody listen this way? Jesus then explains the parable. And he explains the reason why people do not listen this way is because it's a matter of their heart. And our last point is the condition of your heart. The condition of your heart. Let us read together. 
Jesus explaining this parable. Verse 18. Let's look together. Jesus saying, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the word of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfaithful. And for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Every one of these soils, these hearts, heard the gospel. Every one heard the gospel. And only one finds life. Every heart heard the gospel. And only one finds life. The sower hears Jesus. And as and then he commissions his disciples to continue to sow. So today is us. We are the sower. We sow. We proclaim the message of the gospel. The seed is the gospel. The seed is the message about Jesus Christ. But what is the problem? Is the problem the sower? Is the problem the seed? Or is the problem the soils? Which one? The soil. Wait a minute. Okay. Church, it can be discouraging to proclaim the gospel and to teach people about the truth of Jesus. It can be discouraging to see that they do not react. It can be discouraging to see them accept but not continue to follow. Has that been discouraging for any of you? That you saw a little bit of fruit and then they fell away can be hard. But church, the problem wasn't the sower. The problem was not the seed. The problem was the soil. So don't go thinking that if Ken being the sower would just grow 12 more inches, people would hear the gospel. Don't think that if Ken just wore really cool glasses, he would hear the gospel. Don't think if he had some really hip, you know, tight jeans that he would that people would hear the gospel. Don't change the sower. That's not the problem. The problem is also not the seed. Oh, people just aren't accepting the gospel. They're not staying in our church. Let's just make it easier. Let's not talk about sin as much. Let's not talk about hell. That's bad news. Let's just talk about the love of Jesus. Let's just talk positive talk. Let's just 
<laughs> the more you give, the more you get. Let's change the seed, and then people will say, no, we do not change the seed. The gospel of Jesus will penetrate the hearts that he chooses. We must be faithful in sowing. So church, Jesus explains it for you. And he asks, and he's going to, he begs this question. Every one of you, every one of you right now, what heart do you have? He talks about four hearts. What heart do you have? Don't think about someone else yet. Think about you. The first heart he describes is the hard heart. Who hears the gospel and he rejects it. It's like the seed that drops on the hard path. Doesn't even have enough soil for the seed to embed. Birds just eat it and take it away. If you have ears, let him hear. Second heart, verse 20, called a superficial heart. He hears the words of the gospel and he responds. But the seed does not grow because, well, it's still a really rocky soil. And the moment the sun comes out, the hardship on that, it tries to grow deep to find water, and it can't because it's too hard and it dies. This is a person who accepts the gospel face value. And the moment tribulation and hardship happens, they walk away. If you have ears, let and here. You have the third, which is the divided heart. Look at verse 22. <clears throat> the divided heart. This is the person who hears the gospel. Growth happens. The root can go deep at first, but then over time, the plant grows in the midst of thorns. And the thorns grow up larger and bigger, and it becomes, there's no space for the plant to grow anymore, and it chokes it out. This is the person who hears the gospel, who proclaims, who, who responds to the gospel, but in what verse 22 says, it allows the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches to take priority in their heart, and it crowds out Christ. This is the lukewarm heart. The lukewarm heart. Where Jesus talks about in Revelations, the church of Loisidea, He wants you to either be cold or hot. You've given Him it all or nothing. Be one of those. Don't be lukewarm. Don't try to have Christ and try to have the cares of the world. Don't try to have all of the, all of the riches and finding your hope in that, and Jesus. No, no. That's lukewarm, and Jesus spits you out. Be hot 
be all in. Seek to follow Christ with all that you are. That is the believer. The warning to all of us to persevere. If you have ears, let him hear. And lastly, there is the fruitful heart. The fruitful heart, the the person who hears the gospel, sees that Jesus is the Son of God, hears Jesus' indictment that they are a sinner and deserving of eternal damnation, understands in their heart that Jesus bore the consequence of that sin on the cross for them, and turns to Jesus by repenting of their sin and following Christ. This person produces godly fruit in their life. And notice this, Jesus does not measure how much fruit. He says some will have a hundred. Some will bear 60. Some will bear 30. I don't care. The point is that you're growing. And Jesus, He looks and He gives you a new heart to grow. So may we listen. If you have ears, let Him hear. So church, what kind of heart do you have? How do you listen? Don't think of others. Think about yourself. Believe the Spirit will bring that to you. And if you find yourself in one of the first three hearts, the hard heart, the superficial heart, the divided heart, don't think that you can just go rent a tiller and start tilling up your heart. I just got to make it softer. So that something can grow. That is not what happens. You need a heart replacement. That's it. You need a heart replacement. Don't come out here and say, like, just do something more. I can get a softer heart. No. That is not how it works. Ezekiel 11 and chapter 39. Listen to the words of God Almighty. I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will then cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. So church, do not try to do surgery on yourself. Trust the physician to give you a new heart. Submit to Christ with all that you have. Confess to Him that you recognize you have sinned against Him and He is a holy God. Understand that on the cross He paid for your sins. And turn! And when you turn, you turn with your hands out and you say, give me a new heart. And He saves you. Let him do that miracle to you this morning if you are in the first three soils. In church, if you are in the last soil, don't look at yourself and say, boy, I did a good job filling my heart. You look and say, you gave me a new heart. 
And that was by grace and grace alone. And you will worship Him. You will worship Him for eternity and you will proclaim the seed today. Recognizing that Christ gave you a new heart. You don't proclaim the seed just to see fruit because only God can do that miracle. But you do not stop proclaiming the seed. Even if you are discouraged, you do not stop proclaiming the seed. Yes, one out of four might deny Him. One out of four might walk away. That is not for us to judge. What we do is we proclaim. Do not grow. Do not grow discouraged. Keep proclaiming the gospel. In your kids' lives, in your friends' lives, if you, if you proclaimed it once, maybe the bird took it away. Fine! Proclaim it again. Keep the seed and allow God to do the work in front of them. May we be faithful in the way we walk, in the way that we listen to our Christ. Amen? Amen. Oh, worship team. Oh, can we have more team come up? Let us pray. Father, your words remain amazing to us. And the fact that you save remains amazing to us. And so we pray to you, Christ, anyone who is in the first three soils, Holy Spirit, may you make it resonate in their heart and may they turn and may you save. And for those that you have given a heart replacement already, may we be faithful in how we listen to you and grow. And may we be faithful to never stop proclaiming. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.